Hey, I'm Brock with Brock Entertainment. And I'm Amanda with Amanda Reed Weddings. And this is the I Do IQ podcast, where each and every week we're going to be discussing the latest in wedding and event trends. And we're going to let you know all the things that you need to know in order to make your event the most special. Yeah, and in the end, you will have the best wedding and event experience ever. And something tells me we're going to have a little fun along the way. I don't know about that. I'm a pretty serious guy, yeah, Amanda. Kind of and this is a serious topic. So only seriousness. Serious business. This is the I Do IQ podcast. Let's begin. Hey, it's Brock. And Amanda. See what I did there, Amanda? I let you actually talk this time. You let me talk. Thank you for that. And Yay. say your own name. And this is the I Do IQ podcast. We're so glad you could join us today. And we got some very special guests. Amanda, I'll let you introduce them. Oh my gosh, thank you. I never get to introduce guests either. This is <laughs> so we have Dr. Jeffrey Swetnam and his sweet daughter, Sarah Swetnam Roberts, and they're both with Swetnam Cosmetic Surgery in Fayetteville. Thank you. How yeah, are you? Hello. Thanks for having us. Sarah, for introduce the uh, the cow behind you as well. We don't want to let that thing <laughs> not uh, my introduce. My cow painting in my <laughs> kitchenette area. I <laughs> wanted it. to join. Thank you guys so much for joining us. We always like to start the show off with our obsessions. What are you obsessed with? Amanda, we'll start with you. Okay. My current obsession is Jack Garrett. Do you know him? He's a musician, he's a British musician, and he's got a new album coming out in a month that I'm like dying waiting for it. I've loved him for a while. And one of it's just kind of on my current playlist and he's got a new album coming out in a month and I'm dying ready. For is he kids. going to be doing a live like uh, playing of the album online? Probably. I can't. I mean, I don't know how else you drop an album these days. So probably because one of my favorite artists did a Facebook, Instagram live thing the other day, the lead yeah. singer of the band Civil Twilight. And he just played his songs and then would talk to the people in the comments live via video. That's cool. I need um, to look into that. I'll find out. That'd be really cool. Because I kept posting random funny comments about my, my best friend was on watching it as well. And I said, I fell in love with my best friend, David, to this song and blow, seeing if he would respond to us. That's awesome. Nothing. He didn't. No, he didn't. Oh, I can't believe yeah. that. That's he funny. didn't. Sarah, what are you into? What are you obsessed with? Right now, Jacob and I are obsessed with watching the Barstool at home frozen pizza reviews. I don't know if any of you have what? seen them. What? <laughs> no, what is it? Dave, the guy that is like the creator of Barstool. He does pizza reviews in normal land world. And he is now doing them at home in quarantine in New York. Um, and he's doing frozen pizza. So. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's amazing. I have seen those pizza reviews, <laughs> but what is his favorite frozen pizza right now? Right. I haven't watched him in a couple of days, but I think he's, he loves Amy's pizza. Those and are good. he is, he like really dislikes DiGiorno. <laughs> DiGiorno's like the last on the list. So he loves uh, bagel bites and man, I love a bagel There are bite. a bunch that I've never heard of, which is kind of, it's cool to, <laughs> when Jacob goes to the store, he looks for them and that's, that's awesome. in the frozen section. So <laughs> that's really funny. I like that. <laughs> I love that. All right, Dr. Jeff, what are you obsessed with? Well, I'm obsessed with a lot of things, but I've obviously been reading a lot about this, uh, you know, the the COVID thing, trying to educate myself. But what I've been doing is uh, reupholstering chairs. <laughs> Whoa. So cool. And is that a new thing you just discovered you like to do? Well, I don't know if I like to do it. It just had to be done. <laughs> and uh, I looked at it and I thought, uh, it doesn't look that hard, and it and it uh, it's actually kind of fun. It's pretty uh, pretty interesting. It's one of those things that you kind of get into, and all of a sudden, four hours are gone, and 
Yeah. And uh, you look at your progress and it, it's kind of satisfying, really. So I've got four more to do. Uh, and hopefully I'll get those done before this deal's over because I, you know, normally I don't have time to do it. No, that's so cool though. My mom has taken a class in upholstery and she's done several things around my house and it's definitely a science. Like it's definitely like a, I don't know. I love that you've dug into it and figured it out, but I, I mean, it can't be too different from like, you know, putting people back together. If you're putting a chair back together, it's not too different from putting people back together. So I, I, I can see why it's a natural fit for you. <laughs> <laughs> it's, kind, cool. it's kind of fun. And I've been painting a little bit. I've been, I took up, I got to know uh, Barry Thomas. I don't know if y'all know him, but I know Barry. He kind of got me uh, interested in painting. And uh, so I kind of, we text back and forth and he gives me little hints. And so I started painting and then I, I just went to oils a couple, about a month or so ago. And so I've been painting a little bit too. If the weather's bad, I don't feel like, you know, getting that, getting wet, I'll paint something. That's so cool. Mr. Artist over here. Jeez. <laughs> What's the deal with people who are like incredibly talented in multiple places? Like I know several actual physicians just like you who are, they are into painting and they're singers and they're dance. I mean, like they've got multiple talents. So what's that? I think if you're just like crazy smart, you're just crazy smart in every area. What is that? I don't, I don't know. I think it's, <laughs> it's just type A and you think, he, Maybe. You, you think he can do anything. Conquer all the things. <laughs> so you try, yeah. you try it all. I think some people are just afraid to, afraid to try stuff. Maybe so. Well, I think that's pretty cool. I love, I had no <laughs> idea all this time I've known you. I didn't know that you were a painter and an upholsterer. You're, my, you're our go-to guy for everything now, not just the Botox. It's like a Jerry Seinfeld joke. What is the deal with all these smart people? What's the deal? All I'm good at is talking. What is the deal? Rock is currently obsessed with um, like impersonations, I guess. Yeah. No, well, I wish. What I'm obsessed with is Masterclass. Have you guys heard of Masterclass? I haven't done it. I haven't pulled the trigger. Do you so love it? I bought it at Christmas because yeah. it was a two for one deal. So Masterclass is an online class, like different classes that you can take and you sign up for a yearly subscription and it's with professionals in those fields. So you can learn how to cook from Gordon Ramsay. You can learn how to talk to people from a former FBI agent, like negotiate. You can, mm -hmm. uh, I've been learning comedy from the comedians on there, <laughs> or how to write comedy or like, I'm not good at telling jokes. I'm good at playing off people who tell jokes and being funny that way, but uh, telling a joke or a good story, I am the worst at. So at Christmas, I bought it for my brother as a gift. That was his gift. But That's in return, it was a two for one deal. So I got my own master class as well. <laughs> so it was the gift that gave to me just as much as it gave to him. Well, and they're doing the two for one now too. They're still doing that. It's a great deal. It lasts a really? year. You yeah. should definitely try it because okay. it's worth it, especially if you've wondered, you know, I wonder how they do that or I wonder how they do that. Yeah. I mean, you won't learn the ins and outs probably. It's not super in-depth and there's only, you know, so many episodes. So it's not like taking an online um, college course, but it does give you the insights and how you can work things and how to write and how to I think that's approach cool. things. Yeah. yeah, that's pretty cool. I'm glad to know. I've been wanting to ask somebody who's doing that, like, is it worth the money? That's good to know. If you if you do it, like I forget I have it and forget to make the time. And my yeah. brother, I don't think he's listened to it or watched it at all. Oh, that's a bummer. Yeah, because he's not that smart. And I was trying to help him <laughs> get smarter, but he, he doesn't care. Though. He has the tools now. He uh, exactly. Oh, so now it's on him. This is on you, brother. This is on you. Sarah, uh, you want to go for two for one with me? I'll do it. <laughs> 
Yeah. We can learn some skills. Learn some so stuff. Many. Yeah. I'm it's, all about it. Well, it's really good. That. So I love that. Well, I want to jump in here and start talking to Dr. Swetnam and to Sarah both about what they do. But Dr. Swetnam, tell us what's your history? What's your story? Where did you come from? All the all the things about <laughs> you. Give us you in a nutshell. Oh, gosh. Uh, I, uh, I'm from Richmond, Missouri which is a little spot in the in the road, kind of northeast of Kansas City. Went to high school there, and I, I never thought it would happen, but I applied to the University of Missouri-Kansas City six-year medical program, which you get into right out of high school. And lo and behold, I got an interview, and I went and interviewed, and I never thought I'd get in there, but I, I got in. And so I started medical school, went to a six-year medical program, which gave me my uh, bachelor's degree and my MD degree pretty much at the same time. From there, I went through the match. I, my interests leaned towards the surgical field. And, and so I, I uh, entered the match and I got matched to Tulane in uh, New Orleans. So I went to New Orleans and did my five-year surgery residency there, did my internship and residency there, and uh, ended up coming out of there, going back to Missouri, working there for about four years. That's actually where Sarah was born and <laughs> and uh, did uh, general surgery and vascular surgery. And then a friend of mine who I trained with at Tulane called me and needed, needed somebody in Tennessee. So we moved to West Tennessee and we were there for about 18 years doing general surgery and vascular surgery. And, and uh, my interest kind of started you know, heading towards the cosmetic field there. And, uh, and so I decided to go back and do a fellowship, which took me to Tulsa, Oklahoma, where I trained with, uh, Angelo Cousalina and James Kohler. I did a one year, a year fellowship in cosmetic surgery. It took, uh, the facial cosmetic boards and the general cosmetic boards and pa- passed both of those. Thank goodness. And stayed in, in Tulsa and in the Northwest Oklahoma or Northeast Oklahoma area for, I don't know, about from 2008 till 2011, well, 2008 till 2015. And then we uh, moved over here to Northwest Arkansas. We've been here ever since. And so my practice is probably 95% general cosmetic surgery and and 5% general surgery, which I still do a little bit of. And I we do realize a, that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I do a lot of, I do vein stuff too. I, in my, with my vascular experience, I do a lot of varicose vein things and spider veins and that kind of thing. And that's, we don't we don't do a huge amount, but that's probably three or four percent of our of the practice as well. Wow, I didn't realize that. I don't think I knew that. I don't think I knew that you had a history with just general surgery either and vascular. That's really interesting, and I love that you kind of again you got you got like well let's try something new, <laughs> <laughs> let's figure out something else. Right. I love that. Get sidetracked. Really <laughs> so, what drew you into cosmetic surgery though? Like, what what was it that was appealing to you? Well, I, you know, I never thought I was artistic. I mean, I, it never even crossed my mind that I was artistic. Are we hearing this? What? And, <laughs> the, the, the goat artist over here. I and he's not artistic. <laughs> well, I, didn't th- I never thought I was. I mean, I just never, you know, everybody in high school, we have to take art. So right. I, t- I took art class, but it was kind of, you know, with my, with your buddies and everything. It's kind of a joke. And Everybody laughs at the artists and all that stuff. I just never thought I was. And as things went on, that's where kind of where my interest led me was to the more artistic kind of thing and looking at faces and bodies and looking at symmetry and looking at all those things. And they all kind of fit into the cosmetic world. I mean, that, that's what you're doing. You're trying to make things more symmetric or right. uh, correct an asymmetry or, you know, fix a problem or fix a perceived problem that somebody might have. And I've always been pretty good with people. And that's another big part of cosmetic surgery is trying to get into somebody's head and figure out what they're thinking. Right. And so we spend a lot of time, I spend a lot of time doing that and, and take pride in 
try, I don't get it. I don't certainly don't always get it right, but I try really hard to understand what people are saying. You know, like if they don't like uh, something on their face, exactly what are you talking about? And trying to trying to get in their head, figure out what what they're seeing when they look in the mirror, and trying to to decode their verbiage so that I can figure out what they need to have done or what they, what needs to be done. So that is so interesting too. And I'll tell you, it's really hard to um, have a conversation with Dr. Sweatnam because I feel like he's just picking my face apart. <laughs> what would you fix? What do you want to change on me? What are you, what's the canvas looking like? so hard to have a conversation. And I know, well, I hope you're not doing that, but no. it's so hard to think that you're like, well, that's all you see is my lines. I mean, what do you, <laughs> what do you want to fix on me? So I totally, I don't know. It's pretty cool though. And I will say he's got the most beautiful wife. I got to share this also. His wife is beautiful, but she's a very natural beauty. So I'll say that she doesn't look like she's married to a cosmetic surgeon, right? <laughs> there you go. She, she looks beautiful. So I would think she's a true testament to his work. I will say that for sure. Okay. Well, that's such a cool story. I really don't, I don't think I knew how much background you had in other things. So Sarah, where do you come into the picture here? How did, how did you come along? <laughs> Well, mom, here, let me discuss this. Mom and dad, uh, it starts with an egg and yeah. So here we go. Sorry. And then that comes together. And then nine months later, (laughs) we have a baby. Bingo. Exactly. Sorry about that. How did you come into the cosmetic surgery practice with your dad? Well, so I found out through the grapevine that he was hiring a registered nurse. And he always said he was never going to do that. And I found out about it. And so was the great fine mom. Uh, I don't know. Probably, probably. Yes, it was her. And uh, so I was like, well, I talked to Jacob about it and decided that I was going to apply for this job. So I got online. (laughs) I applied for the job. Didn't say anything to him about it because I didn't want to be, you know, the daughter and with everyone. I just wanted to, didn't want to look at me differently because I was his daughter. Ended up getting an interview, did the interview with Char, office manager, and they offered me the job. So I knew I'd always wanted to get into it. I wasn't completely happy with what I was doing at the time. And now I'm, I love it. It's awesome. I wish we could get back to it. (laughs) I bet you do. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about, well, I think I should also say Sarah is one of my former clients. So I remember this conversation whenever you were interviewing with your dad. I think that's one of our very first meetings. So that's mm-hmm. been what, two and a half years ago, probably. And I remember being like, you're doing what? You're, in- what? <laughs> you're interviewing with your dad? And yeah, then, sure. I, okay. Okay. I, I love it. And then you were like, I got the job. <laughs> well, I hope so. <laughs> were the first people you called your parents? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I got, uh, oh, mom, yeah. I got the job. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Well, I, I do remember this though. And I love that conversation, but yeah. So Sarah is one of my former clients. We had a beautiful wedding last year. Thanks to you. Well, yes. thanks to you guys though. Y'all were like the coolest clients ever. And I just thought this would be such a good conversation because, you know, I actually sent Sarah my timeline that I work with clients through. And I was like, Give me your thoughts. Like, let me know what you, you know, what do you think you should change in this? What should we add to this? I'd like your input. And she sent back some thoughts and actually their timeline, the Sweatnam Cosmetic Surgery timeline, as far as if you decide you want to have procedures done prior to the wedding. And I thought this would be a really good topic because I think that's something that a lot of brides, I don't know how many, I'd like to know, curious about that kind of stuff, but like how many brides do you talk to? Do you, is this something you see a lot of? I definitely have had, I know I've had girls that have had um, breast augmentation done, you know, before the wedding. And sometimes I'm 
I'm like, oh, that seems risky. Did that a little too close to the wedding or maybe not? So I'm curious to know timeline on that sort of thing. What do you see the most? I've got lots of questions for you. So, so where do you want to start? I don't even know. There's so many questions. I mean, yeah. What, what do you see is the most, what do you do the most of? Let me ask that first of all, what procedure do you do the most of? In office procedures and stuff, I would say it's probably injectables. Mm-hmm. You know, we do tons of uh, Botox and Xeomet is what we have started using the most of. We do some injectables and then, and then there, we do a, like a, you know, a ton of liposuction, which really, is, yeah, which People, there's a lot of misnomers about liposuction out there in the world, and and uh, it's really a very safe procedure. And you know, there are a lot of minimally invasive or non-invasive ways to reduce fat, uh, and we do all those as well. They, they're just not as good. They're not as good yeah. because because I can't control them. You know, they it's kind of a technology. You stick something on you yourself, and and you cross your fingers and hope it gives you what you want. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And the machine isn't talking to you. It isn't figured out what you perceive your problem is. And I am. And, and so I know what you're after or I try to figure it out. And, uh, and then after life and liposuction, even if you're having a facelift or a breast dog or a tummy tuck or anything, there's pretty much liposuction involved in all of that stuff. Really? That's interesting. Okay. It's a way to fine tune all of those, all of those procedures. And then we do a lot of tummy tucks, a lot of mommy makeovers, a lot of breast <laughs> augmentations, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of eyelids, brow, brow lifts, um, you know, face stuff like that. And there, all of those things kind of rotate through the seasons, you know? Yeah. Uh, okay. So it's, it's kind of interesting. The, uh, e- you know, it, for wedding stuff, you know, it's, it kind of depends on your age, really, for really young women, um, they really don't need anything on their face. If they, you know, if they feel like their breasts are too small or, you know, something along those lines, that's something that we can certainly help with. There are those that have a pooch somewhere or, uh, you know, maybe a saddlebag or something like that. And that's where, you know, a pointed, uh, real fine liposuction does a really good job. And, and we were, you know, and if you're going to have a procedure like that, we recommend for prior to any major event, you try to give it three months. Okay. And that allows you a good time to heal. It allows if you if you do have a problem that needs something, you know, an adjustment or something along along those lines, there's time enough to get that done as well. But the longer healing time, the better. Yeah, for sure. And with Botox and those kind of things, generally you could do those, you know, a week to 10 days before because it takes about a week to 10 days for those things to work. Mm-hmm. You always have to worry about a bruise or something like that, though. They don't happen very often, but they do happen. Okay. Yeah. yeah you don't want to show up on your wedding day, your face with all a, bruised. Yeah. yeah, with a black eye. <laughs> 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 not good. Not good. We also have a full spa too. All the spas. I don't think I realized that a full yeah. spa. Okay, yeah. massage therapy, all all the things. No massages. I mean, she no does massages. facials. Okay, we have the hydrofacial machine. She'll do brows, eyelashes, all that. All I don't the think I realized. things. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Okay. Laser hair removal. Yeah. Um, all that. Amanda, everybody wants to know what all have you had done. I can't hear you. I, I don't. Uh, <laughs> Nothing. All natural. Always uh, all natural. Pretty natural. I'm going to be very yeah. honest. There's not much there. I've been talking to them about a couple things, but uh, no, pretty natural. Pretty natural. You <laughs> wouldn't believe you this. Five years ago, I was an Asian man. So, <laughs> a 95-year-old Asian man. And then I got some work done and look at me now. Yay. Great. Did you? <laughs> The joke course is working. (laughs) 
See, I, I'm good at playing off of people. <laughs> but I couldn't, I couldn't have just told that joke straight out. <laughs> <laughs> so what, okay, leading into that, that, what do you see men do? Do you have many male clients? And what do you see men going for? Because Brock is very, he really, he's wanting to get some more work done, obviously. What? <laughs> <laughs> I need what? so much work. <laughs> Well, for, for men, uh, for the non-invasive stuff, a lot, a lot of men are doing laser hair removal. Uh, really? Because, well, there's, you know, you've seen those guys on the beach that, you know, they're trapping. Wearing sand. a sweater. Yeah, they're, they're wearing, wearing a sweater. A, a sandy sweater after yeah. they lay down in the sand. Uh-huh. And uh, it works really well for that. We have some of the best technology for that, too. We've got a Alexandrite, you know, brand new laser for that. And it works really well. Does uh, it hurt? You know, it's nothing like it used to. Right. You know, this, this laser is... Uh, Compared to the IPL that we used to use and the and the 1064 YAG laser that we used to use, this is essentially pain pain free. But but it does. It feels just like a little pop every time the thing goes off. But it, it covers a pre, a pretty big spot size, so it's it's fast. You know, it it uh, it's real fast. So no, it, it's not um, it's not something that that you know you're gonna want to do on Saturday night for a good time. But yeah, but it's. <laughs> It's it's certainly it's way better than it used to be. And yeah, it, back you get in, numbing cream, you get yeah. numbed up, so yeah. you're good. Back in the day, I got one treatment done. It was a, a radio thing on my neck, and they had to numb us up, and it still hurt. But what was cool was, you know, like a week or two later, you go like with your fingernails down your neck, and the hair is just falling out. Yeah, <laughs> wow, so cool, so cool. Yeah. yeah How long the, did it last for you? Well, I just had the one treatment, the one. so it. I yeah. mean, it it didn't really do much except that first initial thing uh you're supposed to get what like six to eight treatments or something like that well this new laser it's 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 going to end up being fewer you know because it's just it's just more effective but uh, you know it's laser hair reduction uh-huh. and what you, what you're doing is you're using that light therapy to kill stem cells in the hair bulb itself and that's why the hairs get it's fascinating it, you know they get thinner because there's there's fewer stem cells producing the the hair it's, itself right. but Hair is a funny thing, and you know and that's why as we as we get older, uh, you know, like me, you start noticing hair growing in places that you didn't it didn't used to grow. <laughs> what the heck is it? Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> and uh, and so hair is funny. You know, there's different phases of hair growth, and it can kind of kick off at any time. So you know, the ideal uh, laser hair removal result is about eight, 90 percent reduction in the hair. Yeah. And what hair wow. does come back is a lot finer than it used to be. So, so we have that for men. We're, we have this uh, new deal that we've been doing called Mirror Dry. And, uh-huh. uh, you know, those guys that walk around, not, not only are they hairy, but they got these big sweat, <laughs> sweat stains under their arms and everything. And those are all the, those are the sweater guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and no, no deodorant works. And, you know, they're, they're going home and changing their shirts or they got a shirt in their trunk or whatever. And mirror dry is a, is a way that you can permanently get rid of those sweat glands. And so it. It, uh, it's 85% effective with one treatment takes, wow. about, takes about an hour, but it gets rid of the hair and it also gets rid of the sweat gland, which has the odor gland, the sebaceous unit along with it. So it gets rid of odor, hair and sweat all at the same time. And, uh, so we've been doing that for men. And then of course, Xeomin and Botox for men is, uh, is a big deal. And, you know, we do, I, I would say a fair amount of liposuction and and guys abdomens and things and then the other thing that we see a lot in younger guys say 30 30 and under is you know breast butt removal or gynecomastia um, wow. so there's, there's a lot of guys that have done 
you know, they're all, all young men usually get some kind of capacity during adolescence. And it's just, you know, when the testosterone surges, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of that testosterone is kind of converted to an estrogen-like uh, substance that makes the breast bud kind of grow. So you see these, you know, you see young kids and they're, you know, their nipples are sticking out, the guys and they're, <laughs> they're uh, obsessed with it or whatever. Well, and most people that goes away by the time you're 18 to 20 early twenties, that usually subsides as, as hormones kind of level out, but in some, it doesn't. And then there's a whole other group of, of guys that are, you know, they're, they're taking supplements and working out a lot. And those can end up causing breast buds too, which are, you know, they don't really cause any, any physical harm, but they, they, they definitely cause a lot of mental anxiety and, and that kind of thing. So we do a lot of that too, you know, combined liposuction of the chest with, with removal of those breast buds. I was a D cup in high school. So <laughs> yeah. nice setup. Nice setup. Jim. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so if you're just listening to this podcast, we also have a video, uh, the same thing on video on our YouTube page. So I'm going to take off my clothes right now in this video. And I want you to tell me, doctor, what should I have done? All right. Amanda, gonna circle all your fat ladies, spots. close yeah. your eyes. You're not going to want to see this. It's. Uh... <laughs> oh, my heavens. I don't even know what to say. Wow. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. It's That's a whole other episode, though. Yes. I, don't yes. I don't think that's even something we can get into. This is fascinating to me. It really is. And to know, like, I don't know, I'm thinking even about the sweat gland thing. Is that dangerous? Is it dangerous to not be able to sweat under your underarms? No. You know, think about stuff like that. Like, I mean, talk me through that a little bit. I'm just curious, you know, how does that? Well, it's one of those things. We've used Botox for, for a long time. The problem with Botox is you have to do it again. Uh, you have to use a fair amount of Botox, so it's it's not a cheap thing. You know, a lot of people want to try to get their insurance to pay for it, but in, you know, the insurance they don't care if you sweat. It's not it's <laughs> not a it's not a health issue, and you, you've got plenty of sweat glands. So you know, other other okay. glands will take over, and 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 they're actually uh, work on FDA approval for the pubic area because. Really? You know, that that can be a problem too. And a lot of people don't like, you know, hair down there either. So you get her hair get rid of hair and sweating in the <laughs> pubic area at the same time. So it's kind wow. of two birds of one stone deal, you know. Amanda, smart. do you like uh, I'll ask both of you, are you a fan of your man taking care of himself down there or does it matter to you? I'll, I'll let Sarah answer first. What? what? <laughs> You're the newlywed, I mean, yeah. Sarah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, everybody should put a little bit of attention yeah. into their personal grooming, no matter what area of the body it is. You're not a disco fan? <laughs> no, I'm not a disco fan. <laughs> I'm sorry. I got so when he starts talking about like sweat in that area, all I could think it happens. SNL sweaty balls. That's sweaty, balls yeah. yes. sweaty balls, yeah. <laughs> yes. Sweaty balls. Yes. As it happens, I mean, that's that's the truth. I feel like we're the delicious dish talking about sweaty balls. That's all I could think of. of. And I was just waiting for it and nobody said it. Oh, gosh. Manscaping. That's it. There you go. There you go. I don't even know what else to ask now because I feel like we've touched on so many things so far. Have you ever had your nose done, Amanda? I've not had my nose done. Are you kidding? I had... I had my nose done in 2011. I had a deviated septum. Really? And I had to Isn't I had that the fixed. excuse people always say? Isn't that yeah. the excuse people use? Well, when they, get they didn't wrong? fix anything. Literally, I couldn't breathe out of the right side of my nose. And That's what it they was, all say. Ugh, 
It sucked. I hated it. You have that, all that stuff stuck up in your nose for like a week. And then they finally get to pull it out and you're like, Oh, so much better. So much more, but you can't, you still can't move your nose around too much. It's, Well, I used to watch what Beverly, what was it? Beverly Hills plastics or whatever that surgery show. 90210. Yeah. Dr. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever that was. And I was always like, I know him. (laughs) Do you really? Yeah. I was always like horrified. Like I was thinking when you're talking about lipo, I was like watching them like with that paddle. I'm like, it just looks so aggressive and scary. I'm sure. And the noses, it's like, they've got a chisel and I just can't even like (laughs) thinking about your little face just being like demolished like that is crazy to me, but the results are always so amazing. So that leads me into a little bit of, do you do any reconstruction type things? Do you ever do much reconstruction or also revision of someone else's not so good work? I'm curious about that. Mm. And who Uh, are those not so good doctors (laughs) we should stay away from? Who's our blacklist? (laughs) Oh, that's a hot question right there. Yeah, right. That I I won't answer, but (laughs) yeah. the um, my board certification is in cosmetic surgery. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not a plastic surgeon. Okay. Uh, plastic surgeons, there are several in this community that are really good at doing reconstruction. I don't do that. Uh, that's not my training. In cosmetic surgery, what what we focus on, you know, just making things better. And uh, and so in a in a plastic surgery fellowship, what they do is they do they spend time doing hand surgery. They spend time doing reconstruction whether it's breast or flaps for, you know, big wounds, things like that. They spend time doing that. They spend Hmm. time doing burns. They spend time doing uh, craniofacial type things. And then they spend time doing cosmetic surgery. So they they do a lot more than we do. My specialty is is 100% cosmetic surgery. Okay. And uh, so that's all all we do. So that's a long answer. To a short question, which is, good no, which is no, I don't do that. <laughs> That's a good answer though. No, I, I honestly never really thought about the difference in the two. I guess that makes total sense. I just, I guess I just assumed that they were one and the same. So thank you for clarifying that for sure. <laughs> now well, I it, it, yeah, it's, it's, uh, so I don't claim to be a plastic surgeon. I don't do I don't do all the things they do, but, but the, the one, that one little section, we've just expanded it to, to where, I mean, in my fellowship, in our cosmetic surgery fellowship, the, you have to do a minimum of, of about 350 K. Cases and in mine I did thirteen hundred I think. Oh wow! Oh my gosh! Wow. So it was it was a lot. It was very busy and uh, yeah, we were running like crazy. And uh, and what was the second question? I forgot. Oh, just revisions of other oh yeah yeah. Work. Uh, yeah a good question. We do a lot. We do a lot of that. I mean, there are you a lot really? of there are several people that tout themselves as uh, aesthetic surgeons, which is a that's kind of a code word for untrained. Oh. Ooh. And so so what okay. they do is they. You know, they and they make they they can come from uh, emergency room physicians. There's you know even bariatric doctors that that go do weekend courses and uh, learn okay. how to do learn how to do liposuction. And then it seems scary. Yeah, yeah that's very a little scary. It very. is it is scary. And and you know that once you get a medical license, you can pretty much do anything if you can find a hospital that'll let you do it. I could do, you could do brain surgery, you know? Oh, oh God. Okay. All right. <laughs> That's where I got my brain surgery. Yeah. Guy. <laughs> yeah. Some dude. <laughs> Some dude. You know, once you go to medical school and you pass the examination and you get your MD degree and the state gives you a license, there's really not a lot of restrictions on those licenses. So right now with insurance companies cracking down and all these things, there are a lot of people that are trying to get out of the insurance business or trying to supplement their income somehow. And so 
So you have a lot of people that aren't really qualified out there doing stuff. The, the, actually, the medical board's trying to get a handle on that somewhat. You know, there are a lot of RNs, LPNs, even estheticians that are, that are in doing injectables that mm-hmm. really don't know how to manage complications and are poorly or maybe supervised by a guy in the next state. You know, if you have a laser injury by one of these people, they're, you know, who do they call? They end up showing up in my office with, with the problem. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, that uh, that was created by somebody else, and and so there's it's kind of it's kind of the wild west a little bit out there, and and so you really kind of have to be careful uh, and uh, about who you who you pick. That's good advice. That's good to know. So if you are looking at having some work done, obviously Sweat and Cosmetic is going to be your first call. But if you're not in this market, if maybe they're someplace else, what are the things that people need to be looking for? What, what, and I know there's lots of terms, lots of certifications, but what does somebody need to look for uh, when hiring a surgeon? Well, I think the, the biggest thing is, you know, look at credentials. You know, being board certified doesn't, it doesn't automatically make you a great surgeon. Oh. But what it does is it, is it, it, it at least you have a minimum amount of experience and learning. Right. And so it, uh, so that's a good place to start. You want to look to make sure somebody's board certified. Now the, the problem is that some of these guys will will tout themselves as the, you know, as as like the, the most experienced or the or the this or the that. You know, they make these claims that are that are untrue. They make these claims that where it sounds like they might be board certified. So you don't really know until you get there. Right. But you can always call and if they tell you they are and then you find out they aren't, then you probably should call the medical board and and tell them that. Yeah. Something's something fishy's going on. Okay. Um, so that's the minimum requirement. Then you you know the thing that you have today that you didn't used to have are all these uh, reviews. You know, so you can go, you can look at somebody at somebody's reviews, and if they have no reviews, that's a red flag. Big red flag, sure. Yeah. If they have if they have five stars and there's no negative reviews on there, that's probably a red flag. Yeah. And then you can go to their website, you can see what their what all their stuff looks like. And then when you go see the person, you just ask them pointed questions. You know, how many of these have you done? And I want to see pictures of your work. Mm-hmm. I don't want to see pictures that were from the internet or from the company that sold you the machine, you know, those kind of things. So and if if you like the person. If you look at pictures, you can ask them for references. Most most of us have patients that don't mind if other patients call them and ask them questions and things. So, you know, it's kind of like kind of like anything else. You know, it's always good to get a reference uh, if you're hiring somebody for a job. And so you can you can always do that. So those are those are kind of things. There are, a, there are a lot of credentials. You know, if you're a fellow of the American College of Surgeons, which is the FACS or a fellow of the American Academy of Cosmic Surgery, those are all good things. But again, they're just learning ways to learn stuff. And they don't, until you see pictures and talk to people and see the actual work, you, you don't know how, how good that individual really is. So I think that could apply to a lot of professions, yeah. probably. I think yours is pretty, I mean, different level for sure. But I think that's everything you just said applies to what we all do. So that's I want to see your wedding planning credentials, Amanda. Where are those <laughs> credentials? Where did you go to college? That's what I want to know. Uh, yeah, I didn't. I'm I'm self-taught. I am. Yes. I don't even have a joke for it right now. He doesn't need credentials. It's true. Yeah. Well, speaking, speaking of, of weddings, weddings, yes. Sarah, you got married back in August. What has it been like in the few months that you've been married? It's been great. Been we've been really good. I mean, this quarantine is a little crazy for us all. For us all. For everyone. Yeah. Um, but it's been good. It's been fun. It's been 
We spent a lot of time together, which is really amazing. Our wedding was the best day ever. It was pretty great. You know, it was just pretty because great. of all these wonderful people that helped us make it's that. So you can you can speak to this. You hired Amanda to be your wedding planner. If you could go back in time, would you do that again? Not just because it's Amanda oh. and she's amazing, but <laughs> for all the people who might be watching or listening that is uh, is on the fence uh, as to whether to hire a wedding planner or not, what would you say to them? One hundred percent. Yeah, I'm not. Uh, I'm not originally from here, and if especially if you're not familiar with, I mean, most people in my opinion, probably are not familiar with vendors and everyone else. And it made it so easy. She knew everyone, gave us options on who to pick. And it was the best thing that I ever did was to hire her. Ooh. She's like a bull. She's like a a bulldog too, you know? Uh, Yes, she is. Yes, well, she if, is. I love if that. They were, if they were giving me trouble, I just call it, we call her. <laughs> yeah, she, we did a little bit of that, didn't we? We had to do a yeah. little, not much, just a little bit. But there was definitely yeah. a time or two. I was like, now, nah, wait a minute. Now, nah, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. We're not paying for that. I uh, love that. And I as far that. as your wedding, what do you wish you would have known before your wedding day that you realized afterwards? Um, Honestly, I feel like I did. I mean, it was genuinely the perfect day. Aww. Um. So I, I don't really have an answer for that. I knew everything that I needed to know. I, one piece of advice that I would give to people is what I did was make, I made sure that I had everything pretty much finished until that week before. Uh So I had the whole week of to just enjoy people started coming into town, got to hang out. And that was one of the best things I did was to do that because you don't want to be stressed out. You just want to enjoy it. Enjoy the people that are here for you. And so So what was the best part of your wedding day? What's a happy memory? I've got a really happy memory from your wedding, but I want to let you, I hope it's the same one. I don't want to let you share it. Is it the the part where they gave you the money they paid you? (laughs) Yeah. That's always my favorite memory. (laughs) So good memory too, but no, there's something that happened that I thought was really cool. And I, I, I won't ever forget this moment with your family, but um, I'll let you share. I mean, it may not be the same one, but I just think it was, (laughs) this was the happiest bride. I feel like you were the happiest bride all day long. And I feel like that every girl's happy, but like you had an absolute glow all day long. And I will never forget just looking at you and you just, you were floating, literally floating. And it was amazing. So yeah. What's your, what's your happiest memory from your wedding? What's a great, something that you'll take away? Uh, well, it, it rained most of the day, which I suppose is like good luck. So yes. Good. Yes. Um, but we were, so obviously my mom's from Louisiana and my dad did a lot of his training down there. We have a lot of family still there. And so we wanted to kind of bring some of that heritage to our wedding and into Northwest Arkansas. And so one of my favorite moments was our second line. We had, I did not, at the end of our ceremony, wasn't aware that this was going to happen, but we had horns at the end of the aisle and they just started blaring the Mardi Gras song in the ceremony, basically. And I just remember being like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this is happening. <laughs> this is the best thing ever. And it quit raining. Yeah. Wow. So my just- dress got ruined from all of the, you know, leftover rain and mud from it raining all day, but it was so much fun. Everybody had their little handkerchiefs and it was cute. All it was of that. Fun. Yeah. It was very fun. And I, like you were saying, a lot of my pictures. My face is like, that's like a love it. actually moment. 
<laughs> totally. It was. Yeah. Where they just start playing. Yeah. <laughs> At my wedding, they played a song just like that. Well, guess what song it was? <laughs> I, I, guess I what know song. where you're going. It was a funeral song. It was, it was a uh, REM. It's the end of the world. <laughs> it's the end of the world as we know it. That was my wedding, though. That's my favorite memory. <laughs> love it. No, I love it. Mine is a totally different memory. And I love that. That's very happy. I was thinking about your veil. That was one of my most favorite memories. Oh. It was your veil. Of course, I'm probably not going to talk about it without crying, but you know, your mom. I guess the veil got stuck on the bus, like somebody left it on the party bus. And your mom looked at me and she's like, I've been calm and cool for this whole thing. But if my daughter walks down the aisle without that veil, I will lose it. And she had giant tears in her eyes. I mean, just she was about to like really about to lose it. And I was like, I think she kind of did getting that veil. Do what? Yeah. What'd you say? She was she kind of did a little bit, but yeah, but she fixed did. it. It was fine. Well, but yeah, but she did. She was, she was a bit, she was like, I'm, I'm, I might lose it. And I was like, okay, I'm going to get that veil. And we got the veil back there. I put it in your hair and it was not moving. It was so secure. You got down the aisle and what happened? <laughs> what happened? I'll let you, I'll let you share. Yeah. It kept falling off. It did. Well, but, I knocked but... it off. I knocked it off. <laughs> yeah. Well, we blame you. on my dress. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I like, I almost went and almost did a face plant because I did, <laughs> I did an inside turn instead of an outside oh, turn yeah, after wow. I kissed her cheek and then I almost went down and the veil kind of came out. So see, I've been told I've been told that there was someone helping with that veil though. That's what I've been told. There was someone there to help pull it out just to aggravate me. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Always. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I love that. Anyway, well, okay. What else do we need to talk about, Brock? Let's go to our opinions part of the uh, segment. Opinions. We just have a few questions, especially towards you, Sarah on your wedding day, just your opinions about different things. Amanda, what's your first question? Oh gosh, I wasn't ready for this. I want to know. What about first looks? Did you do a first look at your wedding? I did. So would you recommend doing a first look instead of not doing a first look and why? I would recommend it. The reason that I did it was um, just so that you know, Jacob and I could have that. It's not traditional, but I just wanted to have that moment with him and our photographers were very awesome about that. Like spend as much time as you want. We were by ourselves. We had a bunch of onlookers because we were at Crystal Bridges. But it was a really, really good time for us to just have. Because the rest of the day, we really didn't have to ourselves. That was pretty much the only time that we had just to talk to each other and be able to just spend time one-on-one. And I would 100% recommend it. Another reason why I did it was so that I could to my reception faster and not have to take yes. pictures after the ceremony. You get to party so a lot time. longer. Yep. Yeah. What's your favorite way to send a couple off at a ceremony? What's something you've seen that's been a little different? Leaving the ceremony, leaving the reception. Like what's your favorite getaway, Sarah? Besides your own, because yours was amazing. Yours was amazing, obviously. Yeah. But like the getaway, the end of the night or the end of the ceremony, what's your what's your favorite? Um, we did glow sticks and I don't I mean it was fun, but it wasn't, it was just wasn't like the most grand thing ever. I'm trying to think. I really love rose petals. I'm obsessed. Rogan, but I'm a flower person anyway. So you are a flower girl yeah, for sure. You're a flower girl. Flowers. <laughs> I love them a lot. That would probably be it. I love the old cars. When yeah. People get into the, the old cars and, and drive away. We got into an Uber. So we were safe. Um, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> love the Uber. Love the Uber. Yeah. <laughs> when did you guys choose to go on your honeymoon? So that was another thing that we did that was something that 
I would recommend, and not everybody wants to do this, but I was really sad when the wedding was over just because I had done all this planning and it goes by so fast and it genuinely, like I've said, was the best day ever. We waited about a month to go on our honeymoon and it was one of the best things we ever did because we had something to look forward to. We weren't rushed into, you know, getting on a plane that the day after or you know, that week of, we had time to come home and kind of decompress and then have something else to look forward to, to go and do. What did you do, Amanda? We took a deferred honeymoon too. We were about a month or two months later. And I think that was probably the best advice. I don't even know why I did that, but we kind of went back to my parents' house the day after the wedding and opened gifts and did all that stuff. And then I think we left about a month later on the honeymoon and it was absolutely what I would have done too. Again, I would do it again and I would recommend it for every couple just because you do, you know, you're scrambling and trying to get all your stuff together and oh my God, where's my passport and where's my phone and nobody can find anything the night of the wedding because, you know, no matter how organized we try to be, stuff just gets thrown. Right. And and so, yeah, I, I definitely did that. And it was well worth it because I did. I kind of had the same. I reacted to the wedding being over the same way Sarah did. I was kind of depressed. I was like, we planned this for so long. We did all this work and it was wonderful. Now what? And it was, you know, we yes. were like sad. So we had the same reaction and, and we did the same thing. And it was, I would totally recommend people do that as well. My sure. reaction was it's over. Finally. Oh, thank <laughs> God. Oh, I don't have to talk about weddings anymore. Oh. <laughs> Here you are again. And here you are talking about weddings. Just everybody else's weddings. Tell us about your wedding night. (laughs) (laughs) What? People in our room until 3 a.m. and got the the, uh, security called on us. Oh, wow. We ate Taco Bell. We ate Taco Bell and had like 20 people in our room. It's a good party. uh, My parents, when they got married, they were youth pastors at the time. And the youth found out where they were staying and called them all night. Like prank oh, called them. Oh, that's terrible. Prank called them all night long. The phone just kept ringing. Yeah. Did they not think to unplug it? I don't know. Like I mean, it was the 70s. Kind of, uh, it was the 70s. I don't know. Maybe that's really. So we funny. got we got married. We went uh, we went from our reception. We it was we got married in New Orleans. We went from the reception to a bar. Left the bar at three. Got back to the hotel. Laid down, and the fire alarm went off. No way! That's awesome. <laughs> Oh my so, gosh. And Janet was like, we need to get out of here. And I'm like, I'm not leaving. I'm, I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> nope. <laughs> All right, Sarah, you've been married since August and now you have some big news. What is that news? Yeah, we're having a baby in September. Yay! <laughs> Yay for baby. How proud are you, dad? <laughs> I'll be a grandpa. <laughs> That's awesome. Who would ever thought that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. It's so yeah, exciting. It's going to be awesome. Uh, a baby, a surprise baby. We're not finding out the gender. So. Oh, really? I could have found out yesterday. Uh oh. That takes some serious self control to not find yeah, out. Does. I am impressed. I'm impressed. Wow. So, should we start placing bets? I think we should. Yeah. That'll be on the website next. Let Jacob be in on that one. (laughs) (laughs) What do you think it is? Do you have a gut? Uh, I am 100% it's a boy. Oh, really? Just because that's what, well, I'll have all boys. And I have two cousins that just had babies and they're both girls. So you're like, the cards are not in it for me. You need the, yeah. Gotta have the thing. You need to even it out. Yeah. That's what what we thought too. You were a boy. We we didn't even pick a girl's name. (laughs) Oh, that's so funny. Oh, that's really funny. (laughs) Yeah. My parents thought I was going to be a girl. So. But you were an Asian man instead. (laughs) (laughs) 90 year old Asian man. What the heck is this? With with, uh, (laughs) 
Hey, thank you both for joining us today. It was so great to uh, hear from both of you and hear about what you do and, uh, you know, how couples can get the same thing done if they're looking towards this. Where can we uh, find you online uh, and get in touch with you if, you if somebody wants to get some surgery done? Well, you can, uh, we're, our online presence is at sweatnumcosmetic.com. Okay. Like we're on Instagram, Sweatnum Cosmetic, and, you know, we're on Facebook and, and you can always call our office, which is the old way, but it still works. It still works. <laughs> you know, our number is 479-966-4174. Or you can email me at jeffsweatnam at yahoo.com. I will I actually actually answer you. And <laughs> we've been doing virtual consults for a long time. But really, uh, of course, right now we're doing them. Well, because I see a lot of people from out of state. Mm-hmm. So you can set up a virtual consult if you want, if you're listening to this from Texas or somewhere else, and you don't want to make the whole trip over here just to say hi, uh, we can do virtual consults, which is a nice way of doing things. And if you're worried about this uh, virus, it's, an, it's another good way to do it. So, yep. so that's how you can get a hold of it. All right. We Very cool. It's so, so interesting to hear all of this. Amanda, any last words? Last words. That's all I got. Last words. <laughs> all right. We'll see you at Thanks the next for one. Us. Thank you Thank so you much. Everybody. Thanks so much for listening and make sure to subscribe and expect a new exciting episode each and every week. Please follow us on social as well at I Do IQ Podcast. If you have a guest recommendation or a topic you would like to hear discussed on the podcast, please let us know. The I Do IQ Podcast is recorded at the most amazing studio in Northwest Arkansas and by the most amazing and best looking people in all the world, Go Rogue X. You can follow them on social as well at Go Rogue X or visit them online at GoRogueX.com. They truly are amazing. And if you're looking to start a podcast, they are your go-to people. Also, a big shout out to our creative people David Kinney from Forward all the way from the great state of Michigan you can check his website out theforwardcreative.com for all your logo and design needs and for more information on Brock and Amanda please visit djbrockentertainment.com and amandareedweddings.com thank you again and we'll see you on the next episode